In Canada, now that our election is over, what am I doing? How do you invest? What's happening? How about the future? I'm going to talk about these issues and others on this podcast a few days after our election. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. So two days after the election here in Canada, I can truly tell you that nothing has changed. And it really emphasizes a couple of things we need to know as investors and what I think about every day. Please remember, I'm not an investment advisor, so when you hear me talk about what I'm doing, that's fine. But before you do anything, you need to talk to your investment people and who, who you take for advice. Because I'm not a professional when it comes to advising other people. I can only tell you what I'm doing. And I'm sharing that with you, so hopefully you can learn something from it. Whether you act on it or not is something you need to consider. So with this election, it sort of reinforced my thinking that often we get sort of lulled into this sense that government is so very important, that somehow these elections, and, and it was funny, the daily election here in Canada, they, there were it was like the Super Bowl. They had countdown hours on CBC and CTV. They were talking about, and Global, too. They were talking about how many minutes and hours to the, you know, the first polls closing and all that crazy stuff and how it was important. And, it, and it's, it's important. I'm not trying to diminish the fact that it's important in a democracy we should celebrate the opportunity to uh, to vote. The problem that happens is when we start to spread from that and believe that somehow this election is going to cause incredible change for the better if we're looking at our investments or looking at our businesses. And, and often, in most cases, that's not the case. It reminds me a little bit about a lottery. You know, the buildup to this election was like people thinking, well, if we can just win this, then we will be that much better off. And it's very much like a fantasy lottery belief that if I buy a ticket, you know, I, I have a chance of winning and all my financial problems will be over. So the first lesson from all of this for me was that, you know, I got lulled into this a little bit too, that, that whoever wins may have an incredible impact on our investment lives. And it certainly could for the negative, but not for the positive. So let's just start getting rid of that myth. It's really not that important. It's more of a symbolic opportunity to vote and be able to decide who goes into an existing infrastructure, as we've learned, is very difficult to change. This election, however, did do something that I think we need to be aware of, and that's, I talked about it before the election, it sort of has really polarized the country. So uh, when it comes to Western Canada, we don't see hardly any representation and we also see that the West, with regard to the oil situation, the pipelines, is in, is in deep trouble. There's a push not only from um, the current governments that got elected, but also from a significant number of people who seem to enjoy the royalties, but don't want to consider the impact of cutting oil on those royalties because, in their own minds, it's a, it's a way to deal with climate change and, and cutting back on emissions. So... On the one hand, we have the need for tax dollars, and on the other hand, we have this belief system that we need to develop policies and procedures that are more consistent with the environment. So 
To me, it really focuses more and more on the micro nature of investing, that when you're investing in communities or you're buying real estate in a specific community, it's very much based on the economy of that community that, that may or may not be connected to other parts of Canada or other parts of the world. And so this sort of polarization of our country sort of tells me that we really need to be focused more and more on micro economies, micro businesses, those that can not only survive but thrive when you know other cities may be in trouble and they're still able to continue to make a profit and return uh, on your investments. The issue of housing is really going to become even more significant. And one thing we can say, it's sort of a reverse kind of situation. The more government gets involved, the worse it may get. So because so many people are talking about affordable housing and the government is starting to, this new government is falling over itself to create uh, housing policies that are more friendly, it will just result in housing prices going up even more because they really don't get it. So that issue is that tells me that housing, real estate, REITs continue to be great investments, in, in, and I, I continue to do that. I also talked in the previous podcast about office REITs, and I'm investing in those because I really do believe there'll be an increase in hiring in all levels of government, and there'll be more and more uh, tax law, law, uh, dollars being put into um, that type of hiring. On the infrastructure side, I talked in previous podcasts about roads and bridges, and really in Canada we have a couple of con- uh, companies. One is um, Acon, and the other one uh, is Bird Construction that I like a great deal. When I rec- when I started buying it myself, it was at $5. Now I think it's at $6 and change, pays a great dividend. I think companies like Acon and Bird are continue uh, going to be continually um, – required to do more for infrastructure uh, a lot of the tax dollars that are be will be raised will be going into that type of infrastructure so we're going to be seeing this continuation really there there, there won't be a lot of change even when when um, politicians talk about radical change very rarely does that happen um, unless it's uh, backed by military as we see in some third world countries but you won't see that here i think even in ontario where mr ford took um power. You saw that while it's affected uh, some in the um, teaching and other other social sort of government agencies, it really hasn't had a significant negative impact or it's very difficult to change the machine of government when you have thousands and thousands of people who have worked in the government despite whatever uh, political party may be in power. So that continues to be sort of the reality. It moves very slowly. And it's important, I find, that uh, to, to really look at how this can impact investment. So what I'm looking at again are infrastructure. I've uh, moved out of some REITs on the west coast where I think there's going to be increased economic difficulties. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling that perhaps in two to three years there'll be some opportunities to invest in western Canada but not now because it's so volatile. I think there continues to be opportunities in other parts of the country and I think we need to continue to explore those. Again, I've talked about office REITs and bird construction for infrastructure. So just as a summary, I think it, you know, this election is really a lot about nothing. I don't, I don't really see a lot happening as far as um, positive changes. And I think uh, that's something that we need to own that. I mean, as investors and, and those of us involved in business, we need to own our future. We we can't continually think that uh, an election or, you know, putting someone in power is going to be like a lottery and all of a sudden our problems are going to be gone. There continues to be difficulty in the lending side. So when you look at uh, entrepreneurs and you look at startups, uh, 
and those wanting to build businesses. It continues to be a difficult time accessing capital to the point where startups and companies will move to find the most uh, positive environments. On a personal note, I've talked about our investment in Novalte, N-O-V-A-L-T-E, which provides technology to maintain independence of those with severe disabilities. And they um, started off in Toronto, Mississauga, then they moved to Waterloo because of the technology hub. I met with them at the co-working space here in Blenheim, Ontario, which is a lot of fun. And they have since moved to Halifax. And when I asked them why, and I, I hopefully will be doing a podcast interview with the founder, I asked them why, and they said, well, it's, the climate is better there. They have access to funding. There's an open environment for those kinds of investments that they're willing to you know, take in to, to expand their business and do clinical and pilot trials with their technology. And that's just not available in other provinces. So that's an example where you know, government can sort of set the table, make it um, more positive, but really not get out of the way. Just, just, just get rid of the barriers and let people um, move forward with their investments. Um, I'll tell you one simple story about how incompetent government is in our local area here. Some about a year ago, there was a big discussion about a red tape committee where the municipality that I live in was going to cut the red tape that you often engage in and have to deal with when you're building a building or engaging in some type of uh, of endeavor. And uh, their big uh, suggestion and proposal was this past week that they would make it easier for people who want to get a small game license and pheasant hunting license who don't live in our area to get that license. That was their idea of cutting red tape. Now, if you know anything about the outdoors, which I do, um, there have been no uh, native pheasants to hunt in our community for probably tens of hundreds, perhaps even 50 years, because there's just not enough appropriate habitat for them. Um, the only pheasant hunting goes on on private reserves where they're raised in captivity and then released and people shoot them the same day, I think, which is kind of a, they call that a sport, which I don't understand. And as far as rabbit hunting, you rarely see people hunt rabbits anymore because of the same issue. So that's an example of the incompetence of government as opposed to looking at how to make the building process um, more streamlined, how to help people. Uh, now, of course, they did hire another administrator for the building approval department, but they didn't streamline that process. I look at a situation in on the East Coast where we purchased um, just over one and a half acres of land, and within 30 days we had three, we had severed it to three separate lots, deeded lots, with um, permits to build on those three properties. So I think of that 30-day turnaround time with the engineering firm and the people that we hired, and I'm told that here in this uh, community it probably would have taken probably eight months to two years to get, if even it was possible, which likely it wouldn't have been, to be able to get that to happen. So that's an example where governments can create barriers, but certainly, um, if, if notwithstanding that, they can't create anything to help us other than just get out of the way. And so, as a concluding statement, I think this recent election in Canada was a lot about nothing. We learned a great deal more about the lack of character in the majority of the people that you know, we're running in in the federal leadership uh, race, with the exception, perhaps, of the NDP leader, who showed some real um, clear human type of uh, experiences and, and common sense. But unfortunately, the policies were so uh, really anti-business and anti-small business that we're going to be having some interesting barriers put up. But again, our job is to overcome those barriers, to look at the best place places to invest and take care of uh, 
our resources. I'm Dr. Henry Misfeck for Shrink Money Advice. Look forward to talking to you soon, and hopefully you'll have a prosperous week. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 